Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Give, broadcasting live from the NYC. It is Wednesday, January 16, 2019. On today's show, I'm going to be talking about R. Kelly. Uh, I'm going to be also be talking about um, uh, uh, <laughs> I can't even talk today. Uh, Rihanna, Dre, Carol Channing, and uh, so much more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When the unthinkable happens? Or is the best time perhaps today? Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. So my uncle calls and he says he's dizzy and he's losing his balance. So I'm like, uncle, you want me to take you to a doctor? He's like, no, I'm going to look up the symptoms. I said, your symptoms are you're dizzy and you're losing your balance. So he said, I can't get on the internet because my arm is numb. I said, well, use your good arm and dial 911. Stroke's no joke. Dial 911. I'm lost is brain lost. Seriously, dial 911. Visit strokesnojoke.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibb, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment and you like the show, click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347 637 2656 and press the number 1. That's 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. Also like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash That's Entertainment Radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain 1. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto 14. That's Stiletto like the high heel shoe. S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O and the number 14. And you can also follow me on Instagram. Just go to T. Jones Gibbs. That's T-J-O-N-E-S-G-I-B-B-S. Right now the current temperature in the NY is a cloudy 37 degrees. Uh, Before I get started with the first story of the day, I'd like to give a shout-out to everyone that's currently on the phone lines and listening on your computers. Thank you again for joining me here on this Wednesday afternoon, the third Wednesday of the new year. How about that? Uh, It's already January 16th, so January is almost over. Uh, You know, last week uh, we had a a rebroadcast show uh, where I had interviewed a couple years ago actor and comedian Tim Meadows. 
Uh, he has a new show on ABC called School, which airs on Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. right after the Goldberg. So if you want to check out and look at, listen to the archives, just go ahead. Uh, you can also check it out on iTunes as well. Uh, you know, the new year is only about 16 days old, and there's a lot going on in the world of entertainment. Everybody is talking about that uh, Lifetime documentary on R. Kelly, how everyone is upset and angry about how this whole situation with R. Kelly was gone too far and been gone too long and how people were just enabling him to let this go on. We're going to be talking about R. Kelly today and some of the uh, the celebrities who had did collaborations with him who are totally uh, taking now their music that they had with him right off of all these music streaming services. So we'll be talking about that today. Uh, we're also going to be talking about... Um, Amber Rose. Uh, Amber Rose said that she used to be a drug dealer. That's right. She used to sell uh, crack. I'll tell you more about that. Also, this week we're going to be talking about uh, Drake. He's the latest celebrity to get a Las Vegas residency. We're going to give you more details about that. And my girl, Riri, Rihanna, she's suing her father. That's right. I'll tell you the reason why she is suing her dad. And uh, we all found out that Maroon 5, Travis Scott, and Big Boy, they are scheduled to perform at the Super Bowl this year. And um, what's so interesting about this, um, Travis Scott uh, once he said yes to it, uh, he got he got some backlash, of course, but he also got um, the thumbs up or the approval from the man who this whole why celebrities have told the Super Bowl no in the first place. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick. Uh, apparently, he called Colin or talked with Colin about doing the Super Bowl and wanted to get his approval and see, you know, if it was all right, and he did. And uh, all the money that he's going to earn from it is going to go to a good cause. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, Also, we in the world of entertainment, we lost the incredible entertaining, um, and you know her from such shows, movies like Gentlemen prefer blondes, uh, showgirl, wonderful town. We're talking about Carol Channing. She died on the Tuesday at the age of 97. She died peacefully in her home. Uh, we're going to talk about this legendary Broadway actress. But first, uh, let's get started with the most talked about stories of the week. Hit it. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know how many of you guys saw the Lifetime documentary on R. Kelly. Um, it was six parts. Uh, I have I have to admit I haven't seen the whole thing, but from what I heard, uh, it's being talked about. The whole media is talking about, and even today, even today, I don't know if it's still going on, but at nine o'clock this morning. They had a a rally in front of Sony um, or RCA, which is a subsidiary of Sony, uh, to mute R. Kelly. 
the hashtag with R. Kelly, there was some advocates that were uh, that went to Sony Records, RCA Records, to demand that they drop R. Kelly off the record label, strip all his music, take him off of all the music streaming service. That was at nine o'clock today. Um, I don't know if they're still uh, out there. I don't know how long they've been out there, but I know it was this morning. Uh, I'll give you a little uh, more about that. But first, uh, a lot of celebrities um, talked about R. Kelly, um, and one in particular, uh, French Montana, he had to clarify his comments about R. Kelly after initially appearing to support the R&B singer by saying he should be allowed to enjoy his legacy. Since the broadcast of Lifetime Surviving R. Kelly documentary, criticism of Kelly had intensified as he continued to deny allegations of sexual assault and holding women hostage. And speaking to TMZ, Montana said that fans refused to let controversial stars be great and have their legendary moment. Now, the, he also mentioned um, about Michael Jackson, and this also talks about a documentary on him about his alleged um, thing with children and things like that. But he said, quote, they did Michael Jackson like that. They did R. Kelly like that. All the grades went down like that. Let every let somebody enjoy their legacy. Whatever happens, happens, man. And as expected, the backlash to his comments was swift, and Montana was forced to follow up in a statement via Twitter saying that he support the victims of the sexual assault. And this is what he wrote. He said, quote, let me be clear. My heart is with the victims. I never thought that the people I looked to uh, the people I looked up to as a kid who sang and danced and gave me hope to become a superstar would become drug addicts, child molesters, and rapists. I'm hoping we as a culture create better leaders. We need them, unquote. R. Kelly has always denied the claim against him, and last week his lawyer, Steve Greenberg, told the Associated Press that the allegations weren't true because he never knowingly had sex with, with underage women, and he never forced, him, uh, forced anyone to do anything. He never held anyone captive. He never abused anyone. Now, as uh, previously reported, uh, prosecutors in Chicago and Atlanta are seeking information from any potential victims or witnesses of the alleged sexual and physical abuse by the singer. Uh, in other related news, sources uh, that told TMZ that Kelly label, again, RCA Sony will not produce any of his new music, nor will it put money behind any of his projects, and it will not release any additional music until the criminal investigation in Georgia are resolved. Now, he, of course, Kelly is upset, he's mad, he's pissed because he's been in the studio recording new music to fulfill his RCA contract, which requires two new albums. Meanwhile, as the fallout from the docuseries continued, a concert that was to take place in Springfield in April and hosted by uh, Kel will uh, report be scrapped due to security concerns following the hashtag Mute R. Kelly protest. Now, Chance the Rapper, he has removed his collaboration with the Embattle Singer from several streaming sites. Uh, again, R. Kelly is facing renewed scrutiny following the premiere of the Lifetime documentary Surviving R. Kelly earlier this month. The film chronicles 
chronol if you haven't seen it, 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 it takes place where it chronolizes the stories of women who claim to have been allegedly physically and sexually abused by the singer. And he, of course he's denying and uh many of his famous friends and collaborators are choosing not to support him any longer. And Lady Gaga and Celine Dion recently pulled their collaboration with Kelly from online screaming and downloading sites. Um you know, Chance, uh, Chance the Rapper, he also spoken out against Kelly and apologized for working with him on the 2015 song Somewhere in Paradise. And according to Pitchfork, Chance had wiped his Kelly collaboration track from streaming sites like Spotify, Apple Music, and Tidal. Um, another uh, incident also happened regarding R. Kelly. Um, was uh you know and, and if you have seen the docuseter you know John Legend also spoke uh about R Kelly and he's his opinion about him um if you guys are you know who grew up in the 90s and are a fan of the group B2K you know that the B2K frontman Amarion you know they're currently on this reunion tour uh they call it the upcoming millennial tour and they've been going around the country singing hits that are singing their hits that of the songs that R. Kelly wrote for them, and people are upset. They are saying, "Why is B2K singing these songs?" Um, if you recall, R. Kelly wrote the song, wrote the, the he wrote the words to the track "Bump Bump Bump" for B2K, which peaked at number one on the Billboard chart for a week straight. He also wrote and produced "What a Girl Wants" and "Girlfriends." The group announced the reunion tour back in December, but many fans are wondering why they won't retire R. Kelly's song before the tour ends. Now, um, uh, some of the fans did tweet in response to Armarion saying that they were, uh, how could they do this? They find it this unbelievable that they wanted to profit off this man, this monster. Uh, they think that, uh, but you get, you got to realize also, too, that if you look at it, most of their hit songs were from R. Kelly. So if they're doing this tour, what else are they going to sing? Because most of the songs that became hits for this group were from R. Kelly. So that's kind of a sticky situation because most of their hits were written by R. Kelly. Now, um, it, you know, Amarion, um that said that he was ready to strike all the songs that R. Kelly wrote for the group, but only after they profit from performing the tracks on the upcoming Millennial Tour. So in other words, they want to make money before they say, we're not going to take, you know, we're not going to do the songs anymore. And fans are not happy to about that. So, um but also, you know, we're talking about R. Kelly and the, this docu-series, but there's also one woman who uh, she claimed that R. Kelly did come to her, and we're talking about Ayanna Van Zandt. You know, Ayanna had been known for uh, fixing people live, uh, fixing the, 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 the chaos, the, the dysfunction in their lives, and... Um, 
Ayanna was on a radio show. She was on Sway in the Morning, and where she talked about R. Kelly, and you know, people were asking her, you know, why don't she fix R. Kelly? And she did say that um, she feels that he doesn't deserve to go to jail. Now, this is what she said. She said, um, Kelly, who's dealing with allegations of predatory and sexual abuse behavior with women and underage girls, wasn't ready for her help. She spoke to ABC News also about dealing with him and head of, the, of this past weekend season six premiere of her show. The, she, she said that R. Kelly reached out to her well before the Lifetime docuseries aired, Surviving R. Kelly, and she said that um, he didn't meet one of the criteria that they had for their guests. Uh, apparently, when you go on her show, there's certain criteria you got to meet. Uh, are they willing? Are they ready? Do they have the capacity to do the work? He didn't have any of that. He didn't have the emotional capacity. Um, And she knew, based on what she uh, she was looking at, the paces, and and she would have to take him through, it would have been brutal. And he didn't have the capacity because he hadn't done the work. Now, Van Zandt, who says she experienced sexual violence herself, said that Kelly would need to own up to what he was done, uh, what was he, what he done for any healing to happen. But she said that prison isn't the answer either. And this is what she said. She said, quote, I would never, ever condone or justify anything that he'd been accused of doing. But locking him up in jail is not the answer. He's sick, just like the people he allegedly committed the act with. They're sick. The needs to be there needs to be massive healing them him all of them but I do know without some long term intervention he doesn't have the capacity just wouldn't be able to hear it receive it classic things is that he's not telling the truth about it unquote so you know he just wasn't willing he wasn't ready and uh you got to be when you come on her show. It's the, you know people think that she's asking these guests to come on the show, and she, it's far from it. You people are requesting to be on her show. They're writing her. They're calling her to help them with her with their situation. So and uh, and and then there's a lot of people that don't approve of her tactics, her techniques when it comes to fixing people's lives and getting their uh, life back in order. Some people love Ayanda, and some don't care for her. Uh, you know, this past weekend was the premiere of her uh, season six show, where she had three reality stars on the show: uh, Althea from Love and Hip Hop. Uh, she had uh, Duchess. From uh, Blacking Crew, New, the New York Blacking, and she had another young lady from the Brazilla reality show, and the only one that wasn't really into it was Althea because she felt that um, she was only coming, she was just going on the show just to be on TV. But Althea kept going back and forth with her, saying that was not the case. And Ayanda kept asking her, you know, why are you here? Why are you here? You wrote me. You called me. So, And then eventually she didn't film the whole entire show. She left, you know, in the very early part of where she was doing the healing process. So, um, 
another of uh, we're talking about R. Kelly this week. We're talking about um, another person who knows R. Kelly very well, and we're talking about R. Kelly's ex-wife Andrea Kelly. She made an appearance on the Burt Show Tuesday morning, where she spilled even more tea about her relationship with the controversial singer. Uh, she reported uh, that the um, she claimed that Kelly had not paid child support in months because he he's pissed because she spoke out publicly about the physical and emotional abuse she allegedly suffered during the marriage. Now, Andrea and Kelly were married for about nearly 10 years, and they have three children together. They have Joanne, Jay, and Robert Jr. Now, uh, Andrea, uh, Andrea, she revealed that she and the kids have not been in contact with R. Kelly, nor did they know his phone number. Meanwhile, sources uh, told TMZ that R. Kelly believed that um, Andrea had was had brainwashed all three of the children into detesting him. But still, the you know R. Kelly said that he misses his children. He wants to reconcile with them. Now, according to Rolling Out, R. Kelly produced a song with Joanne Kelly about four years ago. But when his uh, ex found out about it, she went ballistic, and Kelly believes that Andrea caused a rift between him and his daughter. Now, Andrea says she uh, still has not viewed the Lifetime Surviving R. Kelly docuseries in which she is featured along with nearly a dozen women who share their history of sexual abuse with the artist. She said that the six-part docuseries is too difficult to watch right now. And, again, I was telling you earlier in the broadcast that here earlier this morning, right here in New York City, that uh, advocates from the hashtag Mute R. Kelly, uh, Black Women Blueprint, Care To, Color of Chain, Credo, Girl for Gender Equality, Now NYC, Ultraviolet, they are supposedly or had rally outside of Sony Music headquarters right here in New York City calling on Sony Music and its subsidiary RCA to immediately drop R. Kelly in the wake of this Lifetime docuseries which details, again, R. Kelly's decades of sexual abuse perpetrating against young black women and girls and those in the music industry who have not only enabled him but profited from him. And at the protest dubbed the Rally to Mute R. Kelly, Protect Black Girls Advocates will deliver petitions signed by more than 217,000 people demanding that RCA records drop R. Kelly, and the protesters will also present Sony Music and RCA records with a record label of Shame Award. So I haven't seen the news, so I don't know how far they went. I don't know if they're still out there. If you guys are, if you're, uh, if you're from New York City and you've been watching. If you want to call me and tell me what's the latest, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656. Press the number 1. Again, that's 347-637-2656, and press the number 1. Right now we have uh, 22 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, where every Wednesday between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern, I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show you want to know more, more about the show, 
make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. You can also follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain One. You can also like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash that's entertainment dot radio. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14. That's Stiletto, like the shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, the number 14. And also follow me on Instagram at T. Jones Gibbs. Uh, legendary Broadway actress Carol Channing, who also starred on TV and on the big screen, died Tuesday. She was only 97. Channing passed away at her home in California of natural causes. The Seattle native won a Tony Award in 1964 for her performance of the lead role in Hello, Dolly. Former First Lady Jackie Kennedy and her two children made their first public appearance following the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, the C. Channing portrayal of Dolly Levy, according to according to Ball. Now, Channing appeared in the iconic role for 5,000 performances on Broadway and in other venues. And after making her Broadway debut in 1948, Channing appeared in such hits as Gentlemen's Prefer Blonde, Showgirl, and Wonderful Town. Shannon also won a special Tony Award in 1968, and Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda was one of many to offer tributes Tuesday morning. Uh, in addition to shining on the stage, Shannon earned an Oscar nomination and won a Golden Globe for her performance in the 1967 film Thoroughly Modern Millie, which also featured Julie Andrews and Mary Tyler Moore. Shannon is also known for giving Clint Eastwood his first on-screen kiss in the uh, the hit movie The First Traveling Sail Lady, which uh, hit movie theaters in 1956. She also made numerous guest appearances on such popular TV shows as The Love Boat, Hollywood Squares, Password, Magnum P.I., The Nanny, Touched by an Angel, and Family Guy. And also, she was married four times, including to television producer Charles Lowe for four decades. She sued for divorce in 1998, accusing him of misappropriating her funds and humiliating her. She was born on January 31, 1921 in Seattle, where her father, George Channing, was a newspaper editor. Channing decided at the age of seven that she wanted to become an an entertainer, crediting her father for her passion. And also, too, um, people didn't know this, but uh, Carol Channing is was also biracial. For years, a lot of people thought she was just this full-fledged white woman, but apparently she came out um, several years ago to say that she was black. And the reason why she held that identity for so long is because of the racism. Because if they knew that, she would probably wouldn't be, be uh, wouldn't be honored or wouldn't be able to be uh, accepted for the roles that she would play, or she probably wouldn't have got any of the roles. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, she hid that part of her identity for a long time, a long, long time. So um, we're going to miss her. Carol Channing passed away at the age of 97. Uh, Also this week, uh, Amber Rose, uh, she said that uh, she was a drug dealer. That's right. She made a shocking revelation about her younger years. 
you know, we know her as been known to be working as a stripper to make ends meet, but the 35-year-old model confessed that her financial situation once forced her to consider being a drug dealer. Still, her preface apparently hindered her from getting the job. The ex-wife of Wiz Khalifa made the candid exposure during an appearance on Van Lathan's The Red Pill Podcast, and uh, she said that usually uh, people... They don't tell. They tell you that uh, they. She said that the, when you you try to sell crack in the neighborhood, they would say that you were going to get robbed. And uh, she was a female also. Um, they said she was too pretty, and you know this. You shouldn't be doing this. The bad things could happen to you. But it didn't stop her from taking a plunge into the dark business. And while she didn't get to sell the drugs, the former Dancing with the Star contestant would bag it up for them. She also said that she would weigh it and bag up the crack rock for them, and then she would throw uh, throw her some money. They would throw her some money. Uh, during the chat, Amber also explained why she was reluctant in sharing this dark side of her past. She said, quote, I feel like rappers always get this. Uh, uh, get this. I had to sell drugs to feed my daughter. I had to sell drugs to feed my family. We made something out of nothing. When it comes to me, do I have to give you the story to understand? It's been nine years since I've been famous. I never told that to any to nobody. She said, uh, "Unquote." The former girlfriend of Kanye West also said that it was uh, it was very hard times for her in the beginning, and she became a stripper at a very young age. She made that decision. Nobody in her family put her up to it. And she doesn't think that people understand how how hard it was for her to grow up in the hood. You know, the hood is hard. And even overcoming after became and even after she became famous, she had to overcome some obstacles. And uh, she said that her life never been easy, but it did push her to that limit to go fend for her family. So. Right now we have here uh, 29 minutes after the hour. Coming up, we're going to be talking about um, Drake. He's going to be he's the latest uh, artist to have our Las Vegas residency. I'll tell you more about it. And why is Rihanna suing her father? Yep, she is suing her father. Um, also this week we're going to be talking about um, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. You know this this. Right now they're filming the uh, Bad Boy for Life movie. And uh, they did something interesting while they had some downtime. And uh, Jason Redman, uh, he's going to resurrect Ghostbusters, the film franchise. And he's going to go back to the sequel, not the uh, 2016 version with the the all-female cast. He's going to try to resurrect the, the movie, and uh, apparently he's going to um, also uh, he's going to talk with some of the actors, the original actors, to see if they're going to return to the uh, uh, for the upcoming movie. And uh, also, we're going to be talking about Lin Manuel Miranda. He's in Puerto Rico, where he is doing the musical Hamilton. He uh, Revise his character For his uh, native uh, Puerto Rico And I tell you um, Why it was so important And uh, also 
how many people who uh, I think also some of, a lot of celebrity guests were down there too to watch the show as well. So all those stories and more are coming up in the next half hour. So don't go anywhere. Entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with the host Tammy Jones Gibbs. 
right here on Block Talk Radio. We have 25 minutes left remaining in the show. That was the latest from Jake Miller featuring Jafar Hakim and the girl that's underneath. Before we went to the music break, I was telling you about Mr. Drake, about he's maybe the next musician who will embark on a Las Vegas residency. He has reported that Champagne Poppy has signed a $25 million contract to do 12 shows over the next two years at Win Las Vegas Nightclub. Uh, the In My Feelings hitmaker teased about the residency when he took the stage at the venue last week. Drake continued to tease his possible residency when he took to Instagram to share a picture from his performance at the venue, which reportedly earned him $2 million. He wrote beside the image, quote, new home. The Las Vegas residency might not be the only thing that Drake has prepared for his dedicated fans. Last November, the God Plans uh, rapper announced his intention to begin composing his next project in er uh, early this year. And Rihanna's taking legal action against her father after he allegedly used her Fenty brand to make a come-up of his own. According to The Blast, the singer has filed a lawsuit against Ronald Fenty and a company called Fenty Entertainment. She claimed her father and his business partner, Moses Perkins, created an entertainment company to exploit her name to try and get rich. Rihanna has already trademarked Fenty, which she uses in a number of business ventures, including her Fenty Beauty line. The Bayesian beauty makes it clear that she has nothing to do with Fenty Entertainment and that although Mr. Fenty is Rihanna's father, he does not have and never has had authority to act on Rihanna's behalf. She also alleged that her father and Mr. Perkins had been soliciting business acting as her agent and some of her uh, bookings, including a $15 million tour in Latin America and two concerts at Staples Center in Las Vegas and T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas for $400,000 in both cases. And Riri claimed the booking occurred without her authorization. The suits also state that Rihanna has sent multiple cease and desist letters to Ronald Fenty, but he has ignored them and continued to earn millions from Fenty Entertainment. She She's asking a judge to place an injunction on her dad using the name Fenty and, of course, for damages. Meanwhile, Rihanna recently revealed that her new album will arrive this year, and when asked by a fan on Instagram when it will be released, she replied, 2019. Jeff Bezos' cheating report just keep getting juicier each day. Following the leak of his racy text messages to his alleged mistress, Lauren Sanchez, a picture of the pair having a romantic dinner day out in the open has made its way around the Internet. Page 6, which obtained... The picture said, uh, reported that the image was taken back in April of 2018 when they both were still married to their partners. They were photographed enjoying a meal of oysters and champagne at the Four Seasons Hotel in Seattle, less than nine miles from his marital home with a strange wife, Mackenzie. But that apparently wasn't the only date they had, and behind their spouses, uh, Jeff and Lauren were said to be enjoying a date night at an upscale dinner spot in Los Angeles a week after Thanksgiving. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, even the richest man in the world just can't, he, he, he can't stay faithful. Um, 
Are we no ringing for Justin Justin Bieber and Halle Baldwin? Well, amid rumors of him stalling their wedding ceremony because of ex Selena Gomez, it appears that the Despacito hitmaker has been hinting that the wedding day is coming closer than expected. The Canadian singer reportedly had been texting his close friends and and family messages which tells them to save the date for an event in the next couple of months. The crooner, however, doesn't spill more details about the event and doesn't even include a location. So far, it remains to be seen whether the said event will be Justin and Haley's much-anticipated formal wedding and reception. However, the source noted that the couple who got legally married in, uh, last September is going strong in their relationship. The model and the Canadian heartthrow allegedly are still working out details and planning. And the full cast of the upcoming season two of Celebrity Big Brothers has been announced. The sophomore season of the Big Brother spinoff, which once again featured a slew of famous house guests, including Anthony Scaramucci, Candy Burris, Ryan Lochte, and more. If this first season had Amarosa, the former White House aide, and the Apprentice alum as one of the cast members, the sophomore season will see the former White House communication director, Scaramucci, or the Mooch. Uh, he's going to be joined by uh, disgraced Olympic sing- uh, swimmer, uh, Lochte, and the Real Housewives of Atlanta star, Burris. Also among those who are going to be uh, going to compete in the new season of the CBS reality show are Jonathan Bennett, a.k.a. Aaron Samuels, Tamar Braxton, Tom Green, and Joey Lawrence. Lindsay Lohan's mom, Dina Lohan, is also among the new house guests that's following uh, rumors of her being offered big money for the TV gig amid her bankruptcy case. Uh, In addition to them, former WWE star Natalie Eva Marie and NFL running back Ricky Williams are joining the crew. Meanwhile, Julie Chen, Movez, will return to reprise her hosting duties. And Jason uh, Redman is is resurrecting the ghost hunting team of Ghostbuster, the Juno director whose father, Ivan Redman, uh, directed the first two movies in the Ghostbuster film franchise, is set to serve behind the lens for a new sequel, which will be set in the world where the Proton Pact wearing team went in action three decades ago. Entertainment Weekly report that the new sequel will be a continuation to the 1984 movie and is not related to the all-female reboot Ghostbusters, which came out in 2016, which was directed by Paul Figg. Filming is expected to start in a few months for a summer 2020 release. Now, Redman co-writes the script along with Monsters House and Poltergeist remake filmmaker Gil Keenan. The plot is still under wraps and is currently unknown if there are any of the original cast members like Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, or Bill Murray will return for the upcoming movie. Murray had hinted several times that he's not interested to return for another Ghostbuster movie, while Harold Ramis, one of the original actors in the first two movies, who also co-wrote the script with Aykroyd, passed away in 2014. And buckle up for another deadly trip with Final Destination. New Line is making a new installment of one of its hit franchise and has tapped Patrick Melton and Marcus Dustin to write the script. 
Melton and Dustin are no strangers to the horror genre, having been working on Lion Gate's scary movie franchise like Saw. The winner of the Project Greenlight Season 3 wrote Saw 4, Saw 5, Saw 6, and Saw 3D, which together accumulate nearly $500 million worldwide for Lion Gate. Now, plot details of the upcoming sixth Final Destination movie are still kept under wraps, but the project is described as a reimagining of the franchise. The previous five movies share the same core storyline, which is a small group of people escaping impending death when one individual has a sudden uh, premonition and warns them that they will all die in a terrible mass casualty accident. But death, as the main antagonist, continues to pursue them and manifests itself in bizarre accidents until the survivors are killed one by one. Now, no director is announced yet, and there are no words either of who will start in the Final Destination reboot. Devin Sawa, he led the first installment, which was directed by James Wong. Each film usually featured different cast assembly, as most of the characters don't survive death plans. The 2000 movie ranked in $112 million worldwide on only a $23 million budget. The next four movies were released in 2003, 2006, 2009, and 2011. All five movies grossed, get this, $665 million worldwide. New Line has been consistently bringing horror movies, with its latest success one being It, an adaptation of Stephen King's novel. The company is also forced that uh, to bring the, uh, the no, they're also the force that also brings the Conjuring franchise as well as Annabelle spinoff film series. And Will Smith and Martin Lawrence had taken a trip down memory lane and revisited the original Bad Boys movies as they prepared to begin filming the new sequel. The old pals have been trying to turn their dreams of a third installment of the action comedy into a reality for years. And in early October of 2018, studio chiefs at uh, Sony Pictures were said to be close to signing off on the project 15 years after Bad Boy 2 hit theaters. In November, Will and Martin officially announced their return as Miami Police Department detectives Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett. And as they gear up to kick off the production on Bad Boys for Life, the actors decided to check out their 1995 original and its 2003 sequel. This time around, Will and Martin will be joined by Vanessa Hutchins, uh, Charles Melton, and Alexander Ludwig with the trio portraying high specialized police units that clashes with Will and Martin detective characters as they tackle a new threat in Miami, Florida. The franchise veterans will also be reunited with uh, original co-star Joe Pantoliano, who was recently confirmed to reprise his longtime role as Captain Conrad Howard. Bad Boys for Life is set for a release in January of 2020. Right now, we have uh, 15 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you the last remaining stories of the day. So don't go anywhere. I need a decoy Shorty mixing up the vodka with the leak card G-U-A-D-Y 
from Post Malone and Wow. Right now we have here about 11 minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he broke down in tears as he returned to the lead role of his musical Hamilton last Friday, January 11. The Mary Poppins return store was overwhelmed as he brought his father on stage for the opening night of his hit show at the Louis, Louis Alferrer Performing Arts in uh, in uh, Puerto Rico, uh, the, he later told reporters at a press conference backstage following the sold out performance that bringing his father out on stage was the moment he savored the most. The opening night was also a star-studded one with Jimmy Fallon, Shonda Rhimes, and Leslie Odom Jr., who won a Tony Award for his role in the Broadway production of the musical, and he was in the audience. Lin-Manuel reprised his role of Alexander Hamilton for the special production in Puerto Rico for the first time since leaving the original Broadway cast in 2016. He'll continue to play the part for the next 23 performances in an effort to bring awareness to the island, which was destroyed by Hurricane Maria in 2017. Nearly 3,000 people were killed in the aftermath of that devastating storm, which also caused more than $90 billion in damages. All profits from Hamilton's tour in Puerto Rico will go to the Flamboyant Arts Fund, which Tony Award winner Lin-Manuel co-launched. 
And a, a Garth Brooks fan who was seriously injured at a December 2017 show in, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, has received $65,000 in compensation. Jean Ann Crenshaw suffered a fractured nose, nerve damage, and facial laceration, one of which required five stitches and came within half an inch of piercing her eye after a mid-concert confetti and balloon celebration went airy. Now, when the netting holding the balloon failed to drop, a crew member used a metal pole to release the colorful decoration from the roof, only for the pole to slip from its hand, plummeting to the floor of the Bridgestone Arena, where Crenshaw and her friend were seated. The Kentucky resident was quickly escorted from her seat, covered in blood, to receive emergency medical attention, and now it's been revealed that the balloon company bosses at Eden Entertainment has taken responsibility for the horror accident and has settled a claim filled with their insurance official at State Farm. According to Billboard, they agreed to pay Crenshaw a total of $65,000 to cover medical fee with $40,000 for additional fees. And Maroon 5 will officially headline the 2019 Super Bowl halftime show with special guests Travis Scott and Big Boy. Frontman Adam Levine and his bandmates were reported to have landed the big gig back in September of 2018, but the news wasn't confirmed until Sunday, January 13, when the Move Like Jagger hitmaker posted the first advertisement for the Pepsi Super Bowl little halftime show on social media. As previously speculated, rapper Travis Scott and Big Boy will also be joining the rocker on stage at the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia on February 3rd. Now, Maroon 5 has initially invited their Girl Like You collaborator Cardi B to perform with them at the American Football Championship game, but the hip-hop sensation reportedly declined a $1 million offer in protest of the NFL treatment of quarterback Colin Kaepernick, who had been shunned by team bosses following his decision to kneel during the pregame U.S. National Anthem to highlight racial injustice and police brutality. He has remained unsigned ever since his uh, his San Francisco 49er contract came to an end in 2017. Meanwhile, it's been revealed that Travis, who signed on to the show in December, only agreed to perform if NFL officials agreed to join him in donating to a cause promoting social justice. Now, according to Billboard, the two parties teamed up to donate 500000 to Dream Corps, an organization fund, uh, founded by newsman Van Jones, which backs initiatives that close prison doors and open doors of opportunity for all. The news emerged after Rihanna was reported to have turned down the opportunity to headline the highly anticipated 2019 event in support of Kaepernick, just as her mentor Jay-Z did last year when Justin Timberlake instead stepped up to perform at the 2018 Super Bowl halftime show. Now, speaking of Travis Scott, he received heavy criticism when he was announced to headline the 2019 Super Bowl halftime show, with many dubbing him disrespectful to Colin Kaepernick, who was blacklisted again by the NFL for his on-field protest against police brutality. However, it turned out that the Houston rapper apparently consulted with the athlete about the gig before accepting it. Variety reported that Scott and Kaepernick had at least one phone call 
conversation rather before the rapper confirmed his Super Bowl appearance. While the two did not necessarily agree, they came away with mutual respect and understanding. And according to an insider, Scott refused to confirm his participation until NFL agreed to donate 500000 he's supposed to receive to Dream Corps, again, a nonprofit organization that specializes in social justice issues. Now, the report was similar to Scott's statement when he announced his participation. Travis is set again to join forces with Marine 5 and Big Boy, and the Super Bowl is supposed to take place on Sunday, February 3rd, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, following the announcement, an online petition on Change.org was made calling on all three acts to take a knee during the set. Vic DJ who created the petition, said in the description box of the petition that this form of act is the only way Scott, Big Boy, and Maroon 5 can redeem themselves. More than 85,000 people have signed on that petition as of now. And the one who gets the honor to host the 61st Annual Grammy Awards has finally been revealed. Alicia Keys announced through a nine-minute YouTube video that she will take the hosting duties of the annual award-given event, showing the moment she learned about the hosting gig. The video featured the Grammy-winning singer having a phone call with her manager, who broke the exciting news to Keys. Keys will be the first woman to host the Grammy Awards since Queen Latifah in 2005. The 61st Annual Grammy Awards will be held on February 10th at Staples Center in Los Angeles. Kendrick Lamar dominates the nomination with eight nods. And Loretta Lynn will celebrate her 87th birthday with a massive tribute concert featuring Garth Brooks, George Strait, Casey Musgrave, Keith Urban, and Miranda Lambert. The event will be held in Nashville on April 1st, and it will also feature a performance by Jack White, who produced the Coal Mine's Daughter Singer 2004 comeback album, Van Leer Rose. Lynn, who suffered a stroke in 2017 and a broken hip last year, made a rare appearance at a press conference to announce the concert on Monday morning, January 14. It's unclear if she'll perform at the tribute, but if she does, it will be her first live appearance since she headlined the Tennessee Motorcycle and Musical I'm sorry, and music revival held at her ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee, in October of 2017. The tribute will be held at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. And uh, Mariah Carey, Pharrell Williams, and Bruno Mars had congratulated Missy Elliott for making history as the first female rapper to be inducted in the Songwriter Hall of Fame. The work at Hitmaker was named as part of the class of 2019 on Saturday, January 12th, when she was unveiled as a new inductee alongside folk veteran John Prime, British singer Yusuf Islam, formerly known as Cat Stevens, and R&B writer-producer Dallas Austin, among others. The hip-hop legend who had penned tunes for artists including Aaliyah, Whitney Houston, Beyonce, Monica, was quickly flooded with messages of praise from fans and friends alike with Mariah, who had missed out on the induction after being nominated this year, among the first to share her joy with her old pal. Meanwhile, Missy longtime collaborator, producer Timberland, also celebrated the news on Instagram with his own post about her groundbreaking achievement, which he captioned, quote, Missy, congrats to my sister, this is major, unquote. Other stars applauded Missy's honor, including Ludacris, Pusha T, TLC star T-Boz, and singer Fantasia. Missy is only the third rapper 
to join the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Jay-Z first made history when he was recognized and subsequently inducted in 2017, while Jermaine Dupree became the second hip-hop star honored last year. The rest of the class of 2019 is made up by country songwriter Tom T. Hall and Eagles collaborator Jack Tepshin. This will be feted as the organization's 50th annual induction and award gala in New York on June 13. And uh, Netflix users, get ready to, for uh, the price increase as the streaming giant is raising monthly plans for all its subscribers again. According to Deadline, its most popular plan will go from $11 to $13 per month. The increase will take effect immediately for new subscribers, and it will be phased in over three months for existing subscribers. The company said that the price increase will help pay for debt and original shows. And uh, here's how they uh, broke down the new plan. The Netflix basic plan will now cost $9 up from 8 The most popular option, HD Standard, will now cost $13 up from 11 while the 4K premium plan will cost $16 up from 14 Customers in about 40 Latin American countries where they will, where will also be affected per deadline. Now, according to its uh, last quarterly report, Netflix has 137 million subscribers worldwide, including 58 million right here in the U.S. This marked the fourth time the company has raised its U.S. prices. The last increase came in late 2017. There are some concerns that higher prices could trigger a wave of cancellations. Well, that will do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb. Have a great week. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care.